Hello and welcome to The Kitchen Table with Arctic Eric. Thanks for joining me. Listen, this is a bit of an unexpected, spontaneous kind of a message today. I thought that part six was completed the last time we met with 6D, but here we go with 6E. So this is the fifth part of the sixth part. And as I said, it, it wasn't planned, it wasn't expected, but yesterday it was a beautiful sunny day here in the Arctic north of Sweden. Uh, wasn't particularly warm, but it was sunny and it was beautiful. And uh, I happened to be taking a walk to my favorite place to drink lattes, and I was listening to the Word of God scripture in audio form. In fact, it's really important to me or special to me uh, listening to the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God or the Word of Christ. As many years ago, I was at home alone listening to the Bible on tape. My mother had sent me the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of John, and right there in the Gospel of John, I realized it wasn't just some fella reading some book and then sending it to my mother. Nope, it was God himself speaking directly to my heart, and he, he revolutionized, transformed, changed totally from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light when I discovered that God loves me. So listening to the word of God over the years has been a large part of my spiritual diet. So I was listening to the book of Acts, and we came to chapter 3, and the more I listened, the more excited I got, in part because of our conversations here, the four meetings prior, looking at the name of Jesus. All that is contained in the name of Jesus that we might know so that we don't fall short of receiving that which God has for us in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's look at this, if we could take some time for just a moment. This is from the book of Acts, the Acts of the Holy Spirit through folks like you and me, the activity of the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit. I like the way chapter 3 starts. This is the New International Version, and yes, there are many good versions. And the best version, well, that's the one you're reading right now. And when that version isn't speaking to you, lay it down and pick up another translation. There are four primary Bible translations I use out of a total of eight that I refer to most often. But actually, I have many more translations than that. And it isn't the number of translations that's important. I understand that. It's the fact that the author lives in us, the Holy Spirit, to take those words off of the page and make them alive in and through our lives. Okay, one day, I kind of like that, one day, just one day, one could say just any old regular normal day, Peter and John are heading up to the temple to pray. They're doing it in the afternoon. And there was a man who was lame from birth who was being carried to the temple, to the temple gate called Beautiful. And it seems that every day he, he was there to beg for those going into the temple courts. And when, when this beggar saw, this, this cripple saw Peter and John about to go in, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. 
Then Peter said, Hey, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. A couple of thoughts come to mind before we go on. First of all, the man was in expectation to receive something. He hadn't necessarily decided what it might be. He had hoped it was money, but nonetheless, he was expecting to get something from them. I hope that you're living a life of expectation. Not expectation in an organization or a creed. Not expectation in tradition, but expectation in God. When we place our expectation in God, we will never be disappointed. Marvelous. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Takes me back to a a meeting in 2010 in Africa where God had given me this verse 6 to talk about having neither silver or gold, but then proclaiming for the listeners the depths of the riches that are found in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Marvelous memory. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. And that took me back to an episode in India oh so many years ago, where there was a cripple man in a meeting, and no, I uh, did not help him up. God chose to do it in another way. But the man came into the meeting the next night, walking on his own two feet. He'd been crippled from birth. God is able. This man jumped to his feet. He was helped, but he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Interesting in that event uh, that I mentioned just a moment ago in India, where the man walked, I, I have to be honest with you, 20 minutes after the miracle, I began to doubt. Thoughts came and said, yes, but what, mm. You know, it isn't about miracles. It's about the one who does the miracles. And the one who receives, they will jump and dance and rejoice and hopefully testify about the greatness of God. You know, the Holy Spirit came to you and to me on that day of Pentecost to empower us to testify about the great, good, mighty, wonderful works that he has wrought, that he has done in your life and in my life. May God help us to do so. While the man held on to Peter and John. Now let's get clear here now. I think there's something in it for us. First of all, the fellow looked at them and they gave him what they had. They gave him the name of Jesus, but they helped him up and he went with them 
and they, they discovered that he held on to Peter and John. And I think there's more than a physical message there. I think that when we receive those miracles, we need to be with others. We need to testify to others. We need to hold on to that which God has done through sharing it with others. All the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Listen, when people gathered after the miracle, he took it as an opportunity to speak to them. He said, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Now, isn't that amazing? He's talking to his fellow Israelites and and asking them, why does it surprise you that God is alive? Why does it surprise you that Jesus is the name? You've got scripture. Why don't you believe? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? You know, we need to keep this in mind. God does use people, but it is not their power and, and underline this and and remember this, it's not their godliness either. We have this thought in us, and it's part of our old nature, our old way of thinking, that if God uses someone, that somehow that person is more holy or more godly than anyone else who's been washed in the blood. Listen, if you've been washed in the blood, Christ is your holiness, Christ is your righteousness, And I often think about when God used a donkey to rescue the life of a prophet. God spoke through a donkey. Listen, there was not power in the donkey. There was not godliness in the donkey. God chose to use that donkey. And he wants to use each of us, not by our own power or through our own faith or through our own godliness. He wants to use us just like we are to reveal how big and how great and how wonderful he is. Okay, we'll continue here. Verse 13, chapter 3. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. Listen, God glorifies himself in his servant. God desires to bring glory to himself in his servant, Jesus Christ, and has desired and does glorify Jesus. And this Jesus is the one who, in a way, all of us handed over to be killed because he died for the sin of the world. And you disowned him before Pilate. And I certainly disowned him before I met him. Though he had decided to let him go. Look, Pilate had said, I'm going to let this man go. But they handed him over to be killed. Goes on to say, you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. And, you know, I take this a little bit personally, too, when it says you disowned the holy and righteous one. Because I certainly rejected him for years, anything I may have heard about him. And it wasn't much, but I certainly rejected it. And I was the murderer. I was the sinner that I wanted to continue living in sin before I met Christ. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. Oh, this wonderful word. 
God has raised the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead for you and for me. God sent his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. So it says God raised him from the dead and we are witnesses of this. Verse 16, hold on now. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. That wonderful name of Jesus. Now it continues, it is Jesus' name. Now underline this in your in your ears, in your hearing, and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. The faith that comes through him. Listen, he's the source of everything. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. When you heard the good news and you capitulated, you surrendered, you repented, you turned to God and you believed in your heart, from that moment forward, there is a faith, grace, race for you. It's in Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him. That's why God says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes. It comes as we hear the word of God, the message of Jesus Christ. We don't strive to have faith. Actually, we strive to enter rest so that faith in God, faith in the name of Jesus Faith in the one who began the good work in us will continue it. He'll continue it. But there's good news because he says, now listen, I know you acted in ignorance as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through the prophets, saying his Messiah would suffer. So what was the answer for this? They acted out of ignorance as did their leaders. They were led by those who didn't know, but it didn't hinder God. God's word, God's prophetic word, was part of his plan that all of this would happen. So what's the solution? Repent and turn to God so that your sins might be wiped out. Let me read that again. Repent, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, erased, eradicated, and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. We all need to live in times of refreshing, and that's directly connected to knowing our sins have been eradicated. They have been wiped out. They are under the blood, the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. That refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who's been appointed to you, even Jesus. Listen, God sent Christ to you. Christ Jesus to you. But we go on here to read caution. Anyone who does not listen to him will be cut off. So let's pray for those who don't know him. Let's pray that, that uh, their ears of their heart and the ears that they hear our words with be opened and that they be receptive to hear the good news in the name of Jesus so that they'll not be cut off. Goes on to say, when God raised up his servant, he sent him first to bless you. 
by turning you from your wicked ways. Listen, I was on a death path. I was in the midst of sin and doing things I'm ashamed of today, and frankly, I enjoyed it. Yeah, there were little things that came up from time to time that, that said no, 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 but over the years, the, that, that became duller and duller, and sin became more appealing. But then Jesus got in the midst of my mess, and I had a so-called hot conversion. Through amazing grace and the faith that comes by hearing the gospel, and he chose to bless, to bless me by turning me from my wicked ways. And listen, if you're suffering with things in your life, turn to God. Say, Lord, bless me. Fill me with so much of yourself that you displace that which displeases you. Think about a glass of water filled totally tippy, tippy, top, top glass of water. You got it? Okay. And you put your finger in it. What happens? Well, if you put your finger in that glass that's filled to the top, water's going to come out. And that's called displacement. And God wants to drive darkness, displace it out of our lives as the Word of God, the Christ, the light of the world, ever increasingly comes into us, in our being, in our thoughts, as Christ is formed in us and drives out those things that displease God, those things that separate us from God. So we turn from our wicked ways to God. Let's continue. This is going to be a long one today. Chapter 4. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus. Listen, it's Jesus we proclaim. It isn't our denomination or our group or our church or our club or our pastor's name or our priest's name. Or Listen, they were proclaiming that it's Jesus and in Jesus comes resurrection from the dead. So they seized Peter and John and because it was evening, they put them in the jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. Listen, faith comes as we share the message. Many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Honest, the high priest, was there, and so was Caiaphas and John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Well, they understood something that it required a, a special power. So they're wondering what power, what's the source of that power? Or understanding that there's power in a name, they asked in what name did you do this? Oh, that we might have understanding that there, there is power from different sources, but there's only one holy source of power, and that's the Holy Spirit. And there's only one name given whereby men might be saved. There are many names men are bowing down to around the world, but there's only one name that can save us. Then Peter, 
filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit when we speak. We need the Spirit if we're going to speak about the glorious, marvelous, wonderful things of the Lord. O Holy Spirit, in this season, fill us new and afresh to overflowing. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he spoke to them, If we're being called account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame, and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, understand this, get a hold of this, get a grip. You get a grip, and all the people of Israel. It's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected. Jesus has become the cornerstone. And he's building a temple of living stones, men and women who have capitulated and building them into a holy temple for his inhabitation. Continuing here, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind whereby we must be saved. We see two things. There's only one name, and we must be saved. And they go together. The name of Jesus. We cry out to him to rescue us. Now, I really like this chapter 4, verse, verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Yeah, education's good, that's fine. But so is being unschooled in the eyes of the world having spent tremendous time with Jesus, being just an ordinary quote-unquote person. Listen, when we become a Christian, we are absolutely no longer ordinary when it comes to a relationship with God. But in ourselves, we don't put trust and faith and hope in ourselves. We just reckon ourselves to be like anyone else. But when we have Jesus... We ourselves and others can be astonished as people recognize we have been with Jesus. Do people see that in you? Have you allowed God to spend time with you in Scripture to reveal who he is and who Christ is? What Christ has done, what he'll do in the future, and what he wants to do today, and then said, yes, Lord, to Scripture, let this be done in and through my life. Have you done that? Continue to do it. But then the question came, there really was a healing. What are we going to do with them? How are we going to stop this? Well, the leaders warned them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Don't let anyone stop you from boldly proclaiming, Jesus Christ is your Lord, and he is the only Lord, the only King, the eternal God. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Because, you know, going back up here, they asked, by what power or what name did you do this? And they wanted to stop the power that's in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied as we should, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. That's testimony. 
let us never stop testifying. And after further threats, they let them go. And when they were released, they went back to their own people and reported all that had been said to the spoken to them. And when their friends heard this, they raised their voices in prayer to the Lord and said, Sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and earth and the sea and everything in them. You, Lord God, spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father, David. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you appointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants, enable each of us to speak the word with boldness. You know, that's one of the signs when the Holy Spirit came in the book of Acts. Folks testified, witness, spoke boldly. And let us stretch out our hands with Christ's dwelling in us and expect him to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of of his holy servant Jesus, not by our power nor by our might, but through the name of Jesus. It says that after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Listen, we need to be filled continually with the Holy Spirit. Paul tells us that in Ephesians. He says, don't be drunk on wine, but be filled continually to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that happens when we're filled to overflowing, when we're living in the life that Christ himself is, when he's expressing his life through us, we will have a boldness combined with a humility to declare that Jesus Christ has done A, B, C, D in our lives and that the word of God boldly spoken, the message of God, the message of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, as it is spoken out with the leading of the Holy Spirit, things will happen and the greatest miracle of all will happen. People will repent, receive Christ, and be baptized. Well, this has not been just a conversation at the kitchen table. It's been a preaching. So I hope that uh, you've been able to make it here 27 minutes plus at the kitchen table with Artagaric. Well, I, I just uh, had this boil up in me as I was listening to the Word of God. I encourage you, if you don't have audio Bibles, they're available as freebies on the internet download an app into your phone, and give God a chance to speak to you personally and directly. And when he does, he's going to reassure you and reaffirm to you his unending, unfailing love above everything else. That he is so totally committed to you and he's committed to complete that good work that he's begun in you. So let us, with the help and by the help and through the grace of God, stop trying to help God complete what he began and allow him, through his son Jesus, by the person of the indwelling Holy Spirit, work on that and complete that which God has begun. Well, Thanks again for being here with me at the kitchen table. 
It is a joy, and hopefully the next time we meet, it will actually be part seven of Faith in Christ Always. God bless you. May you today be filled to overflowing and be filled continually with the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, that Spirit of grace, that wonderful person of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, and God bless you. Good day.